What's going on, Canes fans? We are back with another exciting episode of All Canes Radio Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Monroe. I'm joined with Inside All Canes right now with Harry, Mr. All Canes himself. Harry, how you doing? I'm doing great. Another great guest tonight. Looking forward to talking with our athletic director, Blake James. I was going to say, today is going to be a little bit different, right? We don't, have a, we don't have a former player, basketball, baseball, but I think this is the man that a lot of people want to talk to because I feel like there's a lot of questions that are still unanswered when it comes to the season, when it comes to NIL, and you know, hopefully our guest today, like you mentioned, Blake James, can give us a couple of those answers. Blake, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. You know, before we even start, I don't want to get Dion'd, so I want to ask you a question. Is it Blake? Is it Mr. James? How do I refer to you today so I don't get yelled at like Dion Sanders yelled at the one reporter? <laughs> I, you know, Blake, uh, it works great. Uh, but if you're more comfortable with Mr. James, that's fine. And uh, if I can keep it to those two, I, or Blake James, I, I should call it a win because I'm sure there's many <laughs> other names I've been called before. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes there's some, you know, when, when you're the athletic director at University of Miami, just like former players, we get called things that uh, we can't say on air all the time or our parents wouldn't be happy about. But I guess that comes with the territory, right? Exactly. So we'll go with whatever you feel most comfortable with. But uh, Blake, Blake is good for me. He's Blake. I, I'm going to say Blake. I just wanted to make sure I didn't get yelled at like the one reporter did with Dion. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew Blake when he was in the ticket office back a couple of years ago. What? Yeah, he's he's been around a long time. His wife worked for him a little bit. His daughter, when she was like six months old, was a model in our catalog. Harry, Bobby who didn't clothes. work for you? Well, there's a lot of people who didn't work for me, but there are a few that did. I mean, I didn't, but I feel like every go- guest here has some way of six uh, degrees of separation work for you somehow. Uh, you know, no, not quite that good. But yeah, I, I've got a long history here. So 30 years, you kind of meet a lot of people. And, and I consider Blake a good friend as well as a, a good, good AD as well. There you go. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. How was, how was the rise from being here at Miami before? And I guess it was a ticket office to now being the athletic director. How did that journey go? Uh, it, was a, it was a wild ride, but it's one that I, I wouldn't change uh, at all. It was uh, quite an experience. As Harry touched on, I actually started uh, just as a volunteer and then got the opportunity and uh, ticket sales back before that was really a thing in college athletics and just kind of worked my way up from there. Had a few other stops along the way and ended up back here in Miami 11 years ago and became athletic director in October of 2012. Now, is that your dream job, like when you were a kid or when you were in college and someone says, if you could have a dream job, what would it be? It was was to be the athletic director at the University of Miami. I I don't think I had (laughs) any idea how I was getting there, uh, but it it was one that I I told my at least college friends and and probably even high school friends that I was going to be an athletic director someday. I don't think any of them took me serious, uh, but uh, obviously it worked out uh, in the end. Yeah, you got to love that, man. Anytime somebody has their dream job and excited to go to work, uh, you can't beat that. Never a dull moment at Miami either. Oof. I'll tell you what. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, I put it on Twitter. Hey, we're going to have Blake James on just to see what, you know, fans would say. Any questions? Yeah, you know. I, I don't even know why I asked because I can't ask 90% of them just because you know how our fans are. They're a little brutal, but... I think there's a lot of uh, curiosity in the air and, you know, everything that's gone on for the last two years uh, with the coronavirus. You know, we were getting into this season and I know that the school and Hard Rock mentioned that we would have um, full occupancy. And, you know, right now, I would say it's a little bit up in the air the way we were spiking when, when it comes to the surges of COVID. Um, as we speak right now, are we still on that path to have full 
um, occupancy at Hard Rock Stadium, or are we now looking at seeing what is going to be in the next couple of weeks? No, as we speak right now, we're still on on plan as as we have been on. Uh, again, I think we all have learned over the last fifteen months that things can change, and it's something that we're just going to have to be ready to handle. And obviously, if there is a change, we'll communicate it out. Uh, as quick as possible. But as we sit here today, I plan to have a, a full stadium in Atlanta to open September 4th against Alabama and to come back the following Saturday to a full stadium to have our home opener against App State. See, that's what I love to hear. You know, but here's a personal question from me. You know, this is a personal question. I know me. what it is. You, you know what it's going to be? Oh, I think I do. Okay, this is a huge question. From last year, are we going to have alcohol sales this year? Is it back to normal? Again, as we sit here today, that's that's the plan. Uh, and so I would say to answer your question, yes, I believe it'll be as as much of an experience that looked like the 2019 football season as 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 is possible. And that would include tailgating as well, right? Yes. As we, again, as we yeah, sit yeah, here no. today, I have not gotten any any change in any of those issues. Again, I don't know where the pandemic's going to go, and I, I don't expect either one of you to be able to tell me. Uh, but I, I believe. On July, what are we, July 29th, uh, 28th, actually. Uh, it's one where when we get to September 11th, I think we'll be ready to go. Now, is there, a, is there a, like a golden number that would have to be that changes everything? Like, do you guys have any type of like game plan that says if, you know, positivity rates get to here, we have to shut things down. If this many number happens again daily, we're going to have to limit capacity coming into the stadium. I think that's a, a future podcast with someone who makes those decisions. You know, really, honestly, I, I follow the lead of our, our local government officials and uh, what they tell us th they need to do. Obviously, we have a leader in, in Dr. Frank who has uh, a real passion and understanding of pandemics. But as an institution uh, in our partnership with the Dolphins, uh, it's one where I think we'll really look to um, where our community leaders have us. And, and I'm guessing we'll fall in line with, with where they're at. All right, Harry, you heard that. So we got to try to get Dr. Frank uh, Suarez on the next podcast <laughs> and our mayor as well. So, you know, uh, I just hope that things uh, don't keep going in the wrong direction and get back to more normalcy, because I think we're all ready to fill that stadium and get loud and proud and have a great time. You know me. I'm looking. Oh, I know you'll be you, there. You, you know I'm looking forward to some Absolutely. some drinks and having a great time. So now we've got COVID taken off the list. Now, the next thing that happened July 1st was NIL. That probably has created some interesting uh, work for you and your staff. I guess your uh, compliance people are probably working a little bit extra. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and the hard part is, is from a compliance perspective, it's it's a state law. It's not an NCA rule, and so you know they're they're looking at it, you know, from from one aspect, and at the same time, it's a you know it's a situation where you have you have a new state law in place. Um, how the state administers that, that's, that's really up for them to determine. Um, you know, our job is you know, really to fulfill our aspects of it and then hopefully educate our young people uh, on all the different aspects of the law and, and make sure they put themselves in the best position possible, uh, recognizing this is brand new and there's speed bumps along the way and uh, there's some things that you probably like to hit the do-over button, but it's just it's part of the process. Yeah, you know, when I when I heard that this was coming out, I thought it was amazing because I feel like players should be compensated for their image and likeness for what they do for universities around the country. I thought that 
the best thing would be for each university to have resources for these young men. Because a lot of times when you come out of high school, you don't know about taxes. You don't know about finances. You don't know about a lot of things. I know you guys have set up a program. I think it's called Ignite. You know, what is involved in this program that actually help all, all of our student athletes at the University of Miami with the NIL process? Again, it's, it's, a, it's, it's creating educational opportunities. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, Brian, and the thing I would say is you can, you can share the information, how that information is, is heard and, and used varies from individual to individual. And so I hope uh, all the young people in our program really take advantage of the structure and, and information that is available to them. Um, you know, with that said, you know, like anything new, you like to sometimes jump right in and not necessarily read the instruction manual and just try to figure out how to do it on your own. And I think uh, that's part of what we're seeing. And again, this is this is new for everyone. It's new for them. It's new for us. And uh, uh, what are we? Is it four weeks or five weeks tomorrow? Uh, and, and it's one where, um, again, I think has it gone perfect? No. Um, but I think it's it's gone probably the way we should expect it to go. Um, but it, but it, it, again, it'll continue to evolve. Now, when you look at some diff, you know different universities throughout the country, I think Arkansas they can't use the name and they can't use the colors. Um, I think BYU had a, a crazy amount of restrictions on what they could um, sponsor and speak for for the university. Do Miami have any limitations on certain companies um, as far as maybe clashing with? the University of Miami already has as sponsors or I don't know, alcohol, strip clubs, something of, of those lines. Yeah. I mean, we, we put, we put some things together again, obviously I wanted it to reflect who we are. And so to me, if we have alcohol sponsors, it's not right to tell kids they can't have an alcohol sponsor. Um, in terms of cl- conflicting sponsors, if you look at the law and I'm, I'm not sure if either one of you had a chance to read the law, they aren't allowed to create a deal with someone that we have a sponsorship with, that would create an issue. And so if, if dear King were to want to sign with Nike, he can sign with Nike. He just can't wear or endorse Nike product when he's at anything. That's a Miami event because we're an Adidas school and that's part of the law. Um, and, and so again, they just have to recognize when they come into our event. So, um, you know, for, you know, for a football game, I mean, that to me would be, you know, when we leave to, you know, to go to the hotel, that becomes our event at that, at that point, they have to then be in, in line with, with the sponsorships we have in place, what they do the rest of the way away from everything else, as long as they're not using our marks, logos, design, um, then that's, that's fine for them to do that. But I think it's important to differentiate between their name, image, and likeness and our name, image, and likeness. Uh, because the law allows them to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, not to then utilize our name, image, and likeness as part of that process. See, that's interesting, because I, w- I was wondering, how does that, how would it conflict? Because if we're a Gatorade school and we're a Adidas school and somebody wants a Nike guy, that was the, one of the big hangups for me is wh- what could they do, what couldn't they do? So I'm glad to see that they can do a lot of things and, and use their platform and actually benefit from it. But is there something now where you can do their mark and your mark together and do a joint revenue share as far as like clothing or, or stuff like that? Or is that yeah, still- if, they, if, if they go through the, pro- and Harry, you're familiar with this being a, a licensee, if they go through the proper licensing channels, um, they can do it. Or if there's a sponsor that has that, those rights. So as, as you may or may not be aware, um, but as uh, hope, or I guess the, those listening um, can understand, we do have agreements. So Adidas has the rights to use our marks. 
uh, Gatorade has the rights to use our marks. Not every sponsor, not every sponsor um, incorporates the rights to use our marks because there's a, a value to that. And so if a sponsor wants the rights to use our marks, that's something that they have to pay for. But if it was a sponsor who had purchased the rights to use our marks and then they wanted to pay one of our student athletes to utilize the, their marks through some type of promotion, uh, that would work. Pretty good. I like and it. I guess it's, it's like ever changing. Now, do you think at one point, all 50 states will have the same kind of ruling or, or is that? I pray. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I, guess... <laughs> I, I pray we get there because, again, you're already seeing you're already seeing issues just from state to state in the different laws. And, and again, I, I think this this is going to create some inequities, just calling it for what it is. Um, and I think what we we want to hopefully keep it away from is is creating recruiting inducements because you do want kids to be able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, but you don't want schools to be able to recruit kids to capitalize based on what they're going to be able to do to capitalize on, on their name, image, and likeness. Um, we're I guess I'll say I'm hoping that the school they choose stays as much an educational and an athletic-related decision versus it becoming a monetary decision. Well, you just mentioned that, right? You don't want you don't want schools to use it as a recruiting tool, but a lot of people are saying that's what Miami actually is doing with the deals that we've done recently with I think it was a cryptocurrency for basketball and the MMM 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 MMA gyms, excuse me, um, saying we're going to offer everybody on the team a deal. And for me, I think that's smarter, right? Because now you get to capitalize on all 85 players instead of just saying, "Okay, Here's four guys you guys represent. Instead, I'm going to give everybody 500 bucks. Do you look at that as a, as a recruiting tool or just look at it as, as a bigger brand for as far as a wider spread of marketing? I guess I, reviewed it. I, guess I view it as part of the process. Obviously, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's a great opportunity um, for a, a number of our guys. Uh, those types of situations may not always be the fit for everyone. I think everyone's got to look at their brand, look at the deal, and, and decide what makes sense. If some of those opportunities turn into recruiting inducements, um, I guess that's going to be part of, of the new era of, of college sports that we just have to accept. I guess just the, maybe the, I'll say the purest or maybe the, the old fashioned part of me would like it to not be where you're, you're trying to leverage, leverage deals solely on, on, on what a school can offer away from the education and athletic experience. Because again, I think that's that's where you, you're getting more into uh, a professional, you know, sports types organization. And and again, I, I think that wasn't the intent of of the of the law, at least in Florida when it was put in place. All right, Blake. So let's say say companies are saying we're going to start sponsoring athletic directors around the country. What is the first brand that you would want to be the sponsor and the face of? <laughs> well, I'm not sure they're gonna. Um, anyone's gonna have me sign up. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I think we have a, a a great partner in Adidas. I'd be happy to uh, support Adidas in, in their uh, uh, in their mission. Or you know what? Right there next to you, uh, Harriet Alcanes always does a great spot. So if I can have an, an Adidas purchase at Alcanes, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll be happy to uh, be the face of of the Alcanes Adidas. Uh, uh, specialty store inside the, Blake, the uh, All Kings. Uh, the Blake there. James Collection. See, that's different. The collection is different, but that was such an athletic director answer, which I respect. Because if you ask me, you know what I'm going to say. Which liquor are you going to go? Crown Royal, baby. Crown Royal. Yeah. I will Crown sell up. 
every single bottle of Crown Royal in Miami and all the Canadians would want to come down. <laughs> okay, there so, we go. So, so, Blake, here's the question I have, and I, I don't need to make it a negative question, but as a fan sitting back and looking at what happened with NIL and how the NCAA kind of reacted in the, like, the 13th hour or something like that, what does the NCAA do for the University of Miami slash college football? How are they involved or what do they do to help you as an athletic director? Well, are you, are you referring to NIL? No, I'm just talking about the NCAA is, is like, what is their whole, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, NIL, they, they dropped the ball. They didn't come up with a plan in advance. So everybody, all 50 states kind of had the same plan in place. But, you know, I know that like football, they're not really involved in the championship like they are in basketball. So I just, what do they do on a daily basis or quarterly or yearly for the University of Miami? Well, from, I mean, one of the biggest things and, and really the ultimate role of, of the NCAA, and you touched on it, Harry, they're not part of the, the football, but is, is, you know, the running of championships. And so, you know, it, again, I know for a lot of our fans, football is the, um, you know, the, the sport of real interest, but we have 17 other sports and uh, we have a great championship experience for all of them that the NCAA provides. Obviously, the basketball tournament is the biggest one, but we have championships in all of our other sports. Uh, they do create a, a structure of rules that have us collectively follow. So you don't have different rules in the ACC than you do in the SEC, than you do in the Pac-12, than you do in the American to the Big Ten, um, on across the board. And so they help create a, a consistency in, in rules that, that we can follow. Again, as, as, as you said, and, and again, we're part of the association, so I'm not putting this solely on those in Indianapolis. I think there's a number of things we could have done better as an association to address NIL issues. When you think back to the video game and, and jerseys are the two obvious ones to me. We've got to set up systems back when Brian was, was a, a, a member of our team to distribute money on, on jersey uh, distributions. I'm guessing the, the the sport game was probably out right around this time or maybe a little bit after this time, but still those to me were some low-hanging fruit op opportunities that we missed in the evolution as much as it's changed to be a student athlete. And so even you look at a guy as young as Brian, what it means to be a student athlete today is significantly different than what it was when even he was there. And so we've evolved significantly. Those are some things that we missed. And it's part of the reason why we're having some of the problems we are right now, where you have those outside of the industry really dictating what the industry is going to look like, which when you have those that don't work in it day to day, trying to dictate what it looks like, it just creates some of the issues that, that we're realizing right now. I ain't even gonna lie. It was amazing when NCAA football came out. Oh, the number of players that were man. pissed when that wasn't available. And anymore. you're like, man, that's me. That's me <laughs> on the game. You got friends hitting you up. Like I played with you today, but you know, I was a righty on the game. Then they give me my lefty. And then the first game, you know what I was, that I wasn't in real life. What do you think that was? A kicker? I was white. Oh, you were white? I was white in the game. Oh. <laughs> then I think they finally came and saw me, and I was like, oh, got to change that up, you know? We made a mistake there. You know, you talk about uh, evolving in college football, and recently we saw that Texas and Oklahoma have not signed up again to be in the Big 12, and it looks like they're going to move to the SEC, and we're going to create these mega conferences, or however you want to call them. Do you see that as the future of college football? And can you see the ACC expanding to compete with the SEC? Or do you see like the bigger names, like maybe a Clemson, Florida State, Miami, moving to like an SEC? I think the first thing I'd say is we're going to compete. Um, I see us competing to be the very best in, in whatever we're going to do. 
in terms of expansion, all those things, again, I think we have great alignment in the ACC. Uh, we have a great group of schools. Uh, if it means we expand in the future, I'm sure we will. We've done it before. Uh, again, I've only been the athletic director a short amount of time, and we've expanded in my time in, in this role. And, and obviously, there's other things that have happened. Um, so the thing I, I guess I would say is one, you know, we're going to, we're going to continue. I, 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 we're going to continue to position ourselves to compete, to be the best. Um, what that means the conference looks like. I don't know. The, are Texas and Oklahoma going to the sec? You know, if you believe everything in the media, uh, that looks like where they'll end up. But again, all we know right now is that they've notified the big 12, that they're not renewing their, their media grant of media rights in 2025. Uh, we in the ACC don't have to worry about that. We have our, media rights extended to 2035. So I feel confident that the, the members we're with right now will be there. Will there be more? I don't know, but I do know we'll be positioning ourselves to compete to be the very best because that's what the, the conference really has been about from the very start. Sounds good. Were there any teams that you'd like to see maybe added to the ACC if we were going to add teams or that would make sense? No, I, again, it's it's so hard to see. I think what I would say, Harry, is if, if there's a team that makes sense for us to add and again i think a lot of a lot of times it's going to come down to two things one geography and the other is you know finances and so if there's a team out there that from a geographical perspective makes sense and from a financial financial perspective means that it's going to positively impact us because i know you and i have talked about it before you know our one of our not one of our biggest source of revenue as an athletic department is is the the conference uh conference uh share we receive each year from the acc and so if there's something that is going to increase that that makes sense from a geographic perspective then to me those are the those are the types of institutions we'd want to look at now you just mentioned the the conference share from the ACC. Now when I was in school, you know, we 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 heard the whole story that football and down here baseball really the, the teams that made money and actually helped the athletic department. Is it does that fluctuate if the football team is that much better or is that ACC share revenue coming from all sports? Well the the majority of the ACC revenue comes from football um and again even as, as dominant as conference and, and as strong as we are in basketball uh the majority of the revenue is going to come from football um with that said one of the real benefits of going into the conference like the acc is if you look back when we we're an independent while our success was great we were very dependent on making that new year's day bowl because if we didn't get that money the financial situation in the athletic department was in a very tough spot the great thing about being in the ACC is regardless of, of where we finish, that, that check is going to be pretty much consistent from the conference office. Now, where it is real benefit for us to win is obviously our ticket sales and donations and all the things we can control right here in Coral Gables. But when you look at the revenue that is provided by the conference, that's going to be pretty consistent regardless of where we are at in the, in the uh, level of success. I like it. So speaking of college football and speaking of, you know, evolving and everything, everyone's talking now about, oh, you know, we need an expansion. We need to make this 12 team playoffs. You know, we went from BCS to four, um, you know, in your personal opinion, is the next step 12? Do you like the four? Would it be six, eight? You know, what do you think as a, a great model that's fair to all the teams in the country? Well, as much as those listening probably won't like this and it'll give them more, um, some will give them fuel to, uh, uh, send you some <laughs> comments. I was kind of a fan. 
I was a fan of the way it used to be. You know, back in the days, you'd have the Orange Bowl champion and those fans would be arguing they were number one and the Rose Bowl champion fans would be arguing the way they were number one. When we went to two, to me, it was inevitable we went to four. Now that we're at four, it's inevitable that to me, it's probably going to go to some other number. I don't know that I understand the 12 well enough yet to say 12 is the right number. I think the thing that we have to really uh, consider, Brian, you can appreciate this as a student athlete, is we have to figure the the, the wear and tear on the on the student's body and then the the amount of the time that, that it takes. It sounds great to say, hey, we're going to do a playoff and, and play all these games, um, and we do it in, in a number of other sports, and it, it works. And so I, I'm not going to say it doesn't work because even I, you know, I was at Maine in uh, – uh, at the FCS level, we had a 16-team playoff, I believe it was, and it worked out. Now, we had one fewer, we had one less game in the regular season. And so I think those are things that we have to look at is, is what's the amount of games we're playing right now, and then where can this go? And does that mean we can increase games? I'm not going to say that, but I think it's something that has to really be looked at and, and really well thought out in terms of what the plan is going forward as to um, what are the amount of games that we're uh, we're going to put in place, and and how does that how does that impact the student athlete experience? See, I couldn't agree more with the twelve game experience because when you look at it, I had teammates that you know felt like they got hit by cars after games, two days after games, couldn't move, just beat up the whole time. And now you're talking about we've already expanded thirteen, fourteen, fifteen games. Now we're talking about really going to a seventeen game if you really go to a twelve game you know expansion. Now you're talking about playing an NFL. You're an NFL player. You know, how does the wear and tear for kids? NIL, now you're making some extra money. So, yeah, but you know, nobody, are you a professional now? There's only a small percentage of guys really making that I real understand. money right. to say, yeah, man, take me to 17 games well, so I can get six see, figures. As fans, we don't have to get up on Monday morning and feeling like that. So I understand that. I, and, I, and, I, I, but then to play, to play the other side of that, Brian, you have to look at there's only a small percentage of teams that will play actually 17 games, only, only two. And so of 130 teams, there's only two of them that can play that many games. So, again – I think you can make a lot of arguments on, on both sides. It's why I, I wouldn't sit here today and say, hey, here's here's the path that we need to go. Um, you know, I, I do I do believe it will be expanded to some number uh, at some point in the future. But I think we went that way once we went to two. Then we're at four. Do I think four will grow? I do. I just don't know that now is the right time. And I don't know that 12 is the exact number we should be at. Like for me, I'm a football junkie. I'm going to sit yeah. in front of the TV and watch I'm ready all year Tons long. Tons of know? football. But this is what I'm going to say when it comes to 12, 12 teams. Is there 12 teams worthy of winning a national championship year in and year out? I feel like we're just going to have up. I mean, just people getting destroyed in games. Oh, Alabama's going to play UCF. So? They're going to 16 to nothing. Do we really want to see that? I mean, take that back. I do want to see UCF and their fans get shut up. But... <laughs> I just don't think there's 12 worthy teams year in and year out that are actually going to compete. Yeah, you'll have a, a, an upset here and there, but I just don't think there's 12 teams worthy of a championship. So, Brian, then the question, the, the question they'll ask on the other side is, is there 68 teams that can win the men's basketball championship? No, absolutely not. But that's... So, should, so we, should we cut that tournament down? No, because the wear and tear on those student athletes aren't the same as football. Adding three more extra college football games is way different than adding five more basketball games because the way that kids get beat up in college football is significantly different than college basketball. And and, and, and again, I, I agree with you on, on that. I guess I was just looking at your point of you said there isn't 12 teams that can win it, not the wear and tear aspect. I'm not, I'm not debating at all the, the wear and tear aspect. I think, again, I think that's something that has to really be looked at is, is the impact on the body of, of the student 
I just don't know that I would agree that you say 12 teams, there's not 12 teams that could win it because on any given day, we all know anyone can win a game. And um, we like Cinderella, you, know, you, can get, you know, bring a team out that, you know, look, I get that, but I think football and basketball are different. I feel like there's more Cinderella stories in basketball for whatever reason it is than in college football. I feel like 1983, the Miami Hurricanes playing the mighty Nebraska. Exactly. We're Cinderella that year, okay? Come on, you know? I mean, it's there, you know? I I just think that the whole thing is money-driven. Of course. And, and, you know, the concerning part is a fan, when I see last year kids opting out of bowl games that made that team good, and now all of a sudden the stars aren't playing – you know, if there's a bowl game that doesn't mean anything, our kids are not going to play. They're not. We've already seen that. But That's a trend. But, you know, they're under scholarship. They're, I mean, I again, it's just it's a weird time, isn't it? So let's, let's go back to the University of Miami. Um, you know, you guys have done an amazing job. Former players are, are jealous of the current facilities that you guys have done with the Carroll Sofer Center, um, all the different stuff that you guys have done. I know there's a new program that, Harry wanted to ask you about. Yeah, there's a new capital campaign coming, right? Or it's out or coming in the future? Athletic Director Society, yes. And so that's that's an opportunity for, for everyone in our fan base to really uh, get involved. And, and what it is, in, in a lot of ways, I would say, is in some way, it's a, like the savings account. There's always things that come up that we need, whether it's with football, uh, with any of our programs. And you don't want to always have to have a capital campaign to do everything. And you need something there. And so... Uh, for those that are able to really participate in that, what it's going to do is, is give us the opportunity to continue to invest in, in all of our programs, meet, make the necessary improvements we do on an ongoing basis, even when there isn't necessarily a campaign. Again, you, you mentioned the Carol Soap Indoor Facility. Obviously, the Sofers stepped up significantly, but so did so many others that, that really made that beautiful facility a possibility for us. And so it's one where... Um, this will give us the opportunity to have things ongoing and be making those improvements. Um, as, as both of you know, the bar is constantly being raised and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to make sure that Miami's keeping at that same level. Now I heard some rumors that potentially the locker room might be getting redone. Do we have, is that a facts or do we have a time frame for that one? Well, the locker room is getting redone. That's a fact. Um, the timeline is what we're working on. Um, and that's something that uh, you know, we'll be addressing here in the very near future. And again, asking those in our, our uh, fan base to, you know, help us in, in making that facility uh, be in line with, uh, with where our competition is at in terms of what they're doing. It's uh, it's one of those crazy things to say, but uh, uh, it's important for us to keep our, our facilities uh, as modern as, as where the, the competition is because young young people are very impressionable when they come to the University of Miami. We want them to not only see uh, the the trophies and the, and the banners hanging in the in the rafters. We want them to see a facility that they can envision themselves being the very best and growing into the next great uh, University of Miami Hurricane. Are we gonna have sleep pods in our locker locker room like they do at some of the other schools. <laughs> we have sleep pods. Oh, do we? Oh, well. Yeah. We do. I, I have to. I have to thank our good friends up in. Uh, well, I guess they're no longer in Davie, so I'll just say the Miami Dolphins. But as the Dolphins uh, transitioned into their new facility, uh, we were able to get sleep pods uh, uh, from them. And so uh, again, we had we we do have sleep pods now at the University of Miami. Man, these kids are spoiled, bro. I don't care what <laughs> none of them says. They need to get their butts in the hot sun and work. Indoor facility, sleep pods. Did you see their jacuzzi? 
Let me. Did you see their jacuzzi? I have not seen their jacuzzi. You want to know what our jacuzzi looked like in our cold tub? Oh, I know what it looked oh, like. Okay. My. See, back in those days, I was allowed to be over there. Oh, and now I you're was not. By no. practice and no. all that sort of stuff. No. And yeah, it's it's a lot different. Yeah. Hey, Blake, you actually mentioned something I uh, I saw on a video. You mentioned the Miami Dolphins with the sleep pods, and they were showing the new facility for the Miami Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium, and on one of the plaques or one of the papers that said, you know main attendees the Miami Dolphins but underneath it it said the Miami Hurricanes now is that meaning we have access to facilities spring games or something like that I don't know if you saw that you know, that's something I, I I didn't see that so I'll have to talk with them and see what they're thinking honestly I, I don't know with that with that said they're great partners obviously uh, uh Stephen Ross uh, Tom Garfinkel have always been great with us in, in terms of you know so you know supporting us and, and what we're trying to accomplish and so I'll have to look into that I think it's just the stadium but if they're offering uh up the use of that new practice facility I'm sure there's some times that we'll uh look at that as, as something that maybe will make sense for us to do and, and we'll make use of that. Ain't gonna lie. It's not bad. As much as people hate and say we rent our stadium, that stadium just had a Super Bowl. I, I think the stadium's great. I mean, I, I really do. When you look at other college stadiums you go to and you're saying, dude, they don't have that or that or that. or I mean, we have a, a nice stadium. We're very no, we're, fortunate. Listen, we are spoiled. As former players, we're spoiled. This university does amazing things with alumni tickets for us and fr friends and family making sure we're always taken care of and then you go as the experience at hard rock is is amazing i mean you're literally spoiled now i'm also spoiled because my friend gets amazing tickets too but it's just a great experience and now everything that Stephen ross has done the tennis an amazing experience f1 you know i'm hitting up the f1 i don't care i don't know anything about racing but it's, i sure will cool. be there so, Blake, whenever that happens, I'm going to hit you up, make sure I'm going to get some good tickets, you know, sit in the box with you guys, you know, make sure we're good. That'd be, that'd be good. The only thing I'm going to say is we got to make sure Harry gets into this Miami Hurricane gear. That kind of looks like an Alabama colored T-shirt. Oh! <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah, you go to the equipment room. They'll fix you up. He's talking about, oh, he's talking about me. Yeah. Oh, listen, this right here, I'm just a chill day and nice and red. That's all it is. Everybody knows what I believe. They know I hate on everything, but you got to switch it up. I can't just wear orange or green all the time. You know, ladies say this is a, a kind of a good color on me, so I have it, to do sometimes. It's all about the ladies <laughs> with Brian. What the ladies that say. Can be most, that can be most important. There's only two. There's really only two colors I won't wear. Two. Garnet. And gold. And royal gold. blue. Royal blue, okay. That's it. Those are the two. I'm going to wear orange. And when some Gator goes, is that Florida orange? I'm like, no, it's a team with five national championships. That's what orange it is. And Garnet and Gold is just ugly. Ugh. So, so, Blake, how are, uh, <laughs> how are ticket sales going for the Alabama game? And, and same with uh, season tickets. Are, are we seeing a trend in the upward position? Yeah, both are going great. Honestly, the Alabama game has gone uh, beyond what I expected. We, we, we do have some left. So if there's those listening that still want to get them, uh, reach out to the ticket office here sooner rather than later because they're they're going fast when I anticipated. And the other thing that surprised me, honestly, Harry, is you know we went through the the list of priorities and whether it's former players, season ticket holders, donors, on down the line, we opened up to the public. As of last uh, last last time I got the update, which was earlier this week, I want to say we only had a couple hundred tickets that had, had been sold in the state of Alabama. So I'm hoping those are all uh, Miami Hurricane fans there in the state of Alabama that are buying through us. But, um, you know, it's one where I think we're going to see a lot of orange and green up there in Atlanta. Obviously, 
Alabama's right next door. They're going to have a, a ton of their fans in there. I, I get that. I'm not saying we're going to be a 50-50 crowd by any means, but I, I thought we showed out really well in the Cotton Bowl a few years ago when LSU was right down the road. And I think we'll do the same thing in Atlanta this year. And uh, uh, from our fans' perspective, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing the guys out on the field there on September 4th uh, against the Crimson Tide. I love it. And season tickets? Season tickets are going well. And again, as, as you and I talked about at the start, Brian, you know, we're looking at full a uh, full house and uh, we've gotten a great response. Uh, obviously, August is always a big sales month for us. I'm uh, planning on that to still be the case because uh, we want to have as big a crowd in there as possible. But uh, uh, we're on a, on a good pace right now. So you hear that, Canes fans, full, full, full occupancy, tailgating and alcohol. So if you want to hit me up with the best tailgates, let me know. Slide in my DM. I'll show up. We'll have some drinks. <laughs> Or if you see him in the stadium, you can buy him a drink, right? Uh, the drinks I sit in a section are free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, I, Golden I, Kings. I forgot who you are. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I know. You roll with the, the big boys. I get it. Thank but you, John. You just have good friends. John, you can call me, and I'll come with you. We only got a couple extra tickets. All right, Blake, look. You look like you're on vacation, having a good time. We just want to say we appreciate you taking the time out for us. I know Canes fans will love to hear all your insight about the NIL and the coronavirus and stuff like that. So we just want to say appreciate you taking your time out. No problem. Great to be out with you guys. Happy to do it anytime. We'll look forward to seeing you both uh, soon. Appreciate it. Thank appreciate you, Appreciate it. Have a good all one. Right. Go Canes. You know, that's the answer I wanted to hear. Will there be alcohol being sold? Uh, no. Listen, I, Again, I, I kind of figured this last year, but the number of people that came into the store oh. that didn't go to one game. Yeah. And the reason was, I can't tailgate or I can't get a drink inside the stadium. What about your team? Well, no, I I, I like my team, but I'm not going to the game no. if I can't get a drink or I can't tailgate. And, and look, I get it, and I've said it for many, many years. The tailgate is why people go to games. For in sure. college, mainly. And, for and sure. you can see it in, in, in the pros, too. But the tailgating has become such a big deal, and and it's a chance to see people that you may not see, but five or six times a year, you know. And and I was talking to to Manny Navarre the other day, and he was talking about that. And I said, you know, that first tailgate at Hard Rock, it's going to be big time, because you're going to see people potentially you haven't seen since nineteen. Yeah, you know, because you didn't see them last year, and. It's gonna be it's gonna be good, and, you know. Like I said, Miami doesn't win all the games, but they win all the parties. Wait and their tailgates, the people come out tailgate. We, we throw they down spend a lot of time. Okay? We throw down. Speaking of parties, you got a party going we on. Got a party going on in Atlanta, so we're trying to finalize a couple other details, special guests, stuff like that. But we're gonna have a good time, and you know, just follow us, and the information will be out there. But you got, you got some good. names to tease yet, or you got positions? How about that? Well, you got any we, positions? We, we have an MC. Is Lamar Thomas, who we had on earlier this season. Oh, Lamar and I go man. back a long way. He's emceed a lot of my parties. There you go. I mean, he he did one out in the Fiesta Bowl, 2002. Mm. He was doing TV at the time. Oh, my god. And he goodness. was the MC the night before the big game. Oh, no. He woke up the next day. He couldn't talk. You think? Not at all. Oh, so, my he uh, had to do some of those old-fashioned remedies to get his voice so he was able teas. to talk and honey and all those other oh, yeah. things, you know. But, but no, Lamar's been been great. He's hosted a, a lot of parties for me over the years, and, and he's going to emcee this one. And we're just trying to finalize a couple other special guests, and we know that we'll have plenty of them, and it's going to be a good time. That's what's up. That's what we all mean. Listen, we all look forward to it. I think it's interesting. Right now that I got a lot more active on social media as far as Twitter and stuff like that, you see these – 
Canes fans that are crazy and nuts. And you see the way they interact with each other. Oh, man, you know, the first um, first tailgate, man, I got my crew, and they put up their pictures, and you just have all walks of life, like, coming together, having drinks, partying, grilling, just for the Canes. And it's it's amazing to see. And I just like to walk around and just see what, what everyone's throwing down on the grill. I mean, we have everybody making stuff from Cuban food to steaks to lobsters to stone crab. I'm like, man. I just want to steal one. Let me just get a little little piece of that. Yeah, it, it just, Shot a crown. Okay, yeah. let's do this. Crown up, right? You know, it, it for me it's changed. Ever since I did the pregame show a couple of years ago for the radio, I didn't get to do the whole tailgate experience because we work at the stadium right. for the home games. And I missed that aspect the last two years. Um, but it was definitely way different last year with the no tailgating, no drinking the stadium. It was just weird. Like you're just sitting there with a bottle of water with a mask on the whole time. It's just I'm like, yeah, this is different. This isn't the same. Like, that's what makes yeah. Miami fun. Everybody's crazy, well, yelling, drunk. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's just more that the fact is you had a basically 8,000 people at most of those yeah. games versus 35, 40, which is what Miami usually hit, hits. And it it was, it, like I said, I felt safer going to the game. The Dolphins and the Hurricanes did a great job of keeping you they did. separated. They did an amazing job. Safer than I did when I was going to Publix. <laughs> but there just was no atmosphere. Even the Florida State game, you're sitting there thinking, can you imagine if we would have done what we did to Florida State in a full stadium, a how that house. would have been cr- – I mean, it would have – it, kind of, it might have been worse because the noise level would have been just crazy. It would crazy. have been terrible for them. And, I, you know, it was so sad never hearing really the chop ever happen there. So oh. that was the – you know. But it, it just – going to the game – was great, you know. Leave no traffic, no traffic getting out. You that know, was, no that one was nice. walking in front of you ten times, going to the bathroom, that and getting was a nice. drink. But it just—we're there to to celebrate our team and to cheer on our team, you know. And it wasn't the same. And I look forward to going to a packed stadium, and I hope that our fans have that opportunity to come out at least one game, support the team, get loud, get proud, enjoy a tailgate or two, and. Um, and that's what college football is about. That's what it's about. Hey, listen, it, it, let's just say miracle happens and, and they beat Bama. Let's just say it happens. Imagine Appalachian State at night, Hard Rock, first day, first game, what that tailgate would look like. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, it's about to go I, I don't even know. Down. Even if we, we don't beat Alabama, I don't know that it's going to be much different. I think there's people well, that are think, just pent up. Oh, no, you're right. They're, Look, they're the biting at the win, bits to right. get out, no. first of all. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just want to get out there and do something social, right? Obviously, the last couple of years haven't been the norm. It's It's been tough on a lot of people dealing with the coronavirus and being you know cooped up in their place and people losing jobs and stuff. I think it's just one of those things where you can just let go and not worry about the struggles that we all have in the world and just enjoy some football, a team that you love, see some friends you haven't seen in forever, wear your mask if you're not vaccinated, and enjoy some good drinks, party, and atmosphere. That's what I'm looking forward to. Drink responsibly. Always. That means don't spill your drinks. Don't spill your drinks, especially on me, okay? (laughs) All right, Canes fans, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll have another amazing uh, guest next week. Hope you guys have a good week. Again, if you guys listen on Apple, go ahead and hit that five-star button for us. Subscribe. Make sure that you're following in as soon as the the, uh, shows drop. You guys will get them straight to your phone. Until next time, have a great one, Canes fans. We out.